0: welcome in to the blanket coverage podcast today is thursday march 24th um and tonight the sweet 16 gets started we're gonna do a second chance bracket uh, because our bracket which if you would actually pull that up because i just want to remember how bad it was um well,
1: the thing is it's on your account. So I need to see where Oh, it was. you're ab- you're absolutely correct. That was that's my bad. Yeah. Uh, I have talk- uh, I have NFL- the one tonight. Yeah. I have the one tonight.
0: We're going to talk NFL free agency. Um, that we're going to do that first, but I do want to check in on the bracket coverage bracket. Um, I got it right here. Let me just share my screen here. All right, so uh, as you can see, we are uh, oh, that's 40- not great in the forty-fourth percentile. <laughs>
1: that's um, that's not too great. No, let's see. We were betting big on uh, Tennessee. That was not a good choice. Didn't go well. No, um, I should have known. I wow, we, I really, I, we I called, really... I called Michigan State though. I was, I was thinking Michigan State wouldn't just fall over and die. I, I really. I, I really didn't think they would lose that. I did think they'd lose to Duke next round, but.
0: I mean, we really, really messed up this bottom part of the bracket.
1: Michigan's inevitable March Madness. We should have known. Yeah, I mean. Let's, let's and y'all were, and y'all were hating too much on Houston. I thought Houston was still a good team. We've still James got a through. lot of people really for hating on Houston. We've got we've got our final four.
0: They're all still that's true.
1: there. That's true. So we did that's great. Probably, great on the left side. Not too bad. That's probably I mean, who I'll be going for. Um, wow, we actually did really well on the east bracket. I mean, no one could have had St. Peter's that far. But, like, other than that, we actually – we had UNC, yeah. UCLA. We had – okay. Baylor was they, a good pick. I still think Murray State was a good pick. I don't think that was a bad pick. But we knew um, they were going to beat San Francisco. That was a freebie win. And then – it wasn't, though, because that was an overtime game. Yeah, but, I mean, I I had zero percent of me was conflicted about that after San Francisco fired the coach. And I get that it yeah. ended up being very close in the end, but I am happy that it ended up being a win. I was very much expecting that to be.
0: Perfect. My Miami Ooh, take that? did not pan out well. Um, no, that did not go well. <laughs> USC uh, kind of kind of got run on in that game until the very last minute when they finally made a little run. But this then Miami comes best. out and beats Auburn, of course. So there goes that half of the bracket. Um, Wisconsin, uh, that was a little bit predictable, to be honest. I, I I think we all kind of thought Johnny Davis was healthier than he was. Um, and that just kind of ended up being their detriment because they just weren't a very good team without – Johnny Davis being 100%. Um, Even though Johnny Davis was spectacular at moments, he obviously was not 100% here. Uh, I feel great about Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, That's one. I I, I think I might take them tonight because I think they can shut down uh, the Blue Devils offense. And I think they can generate a little bit of offense of their own. Uh, in order to
1: we'll we'll get to those picks later we'll yeah, get to the picks yeah. later we're we'll, just looking we'll, at this we'll get to the picks um, later
0: i i'm i'm looking at our bracket look here's the thing it's not great but we can do really well still yeah we can we can salvage a
1: lot here we can salvage we, we a can lot we can
0: salvage here. a lot let's look at our elite eight we're missing okay tennessee and wisconsin we can still get six out of the elite eight
1: that's pretty good
0: and then we can I still get all four of the Final Four, including the national champions,
1: and even now, I still think that Final Four could happen, and I still like that championship game. Even now,
0: I do too. I do too. I think our Remy Martin uh, call was pretty spot on because he's been the he's been he's really been the kick in the side that Kansas needed to the get only- over top of some only
1: exception is that obviously which again we will get to this but um we'll have a whole thing in store for this obviously arizona um we give the slightest of asterisks to the last one but we'll get to that we'll get to that later we'll Um, get there we'll get there there. but uh, we can go ahead and talk about some nfl free agency stuff i know that has been on everybody's mind there's been a ton and a ton is really a, a light way to put it of crap sort of flying in the air about what is going on right now, but what I wanted to start with, which is arguably the most important news, that's been going on, and there's there's a lot of pretty important things going on. But number one is the Deshaun Watson deal. I mentioned to a bunch of my friends. I don't know if I ever texted you specifically. I might not have, but I did mention to a bunch of friends that I followed an Atlanta sports account that was very very heavily saying a few days before all of it, everything went down, Deshaun Watson is going to Atlanta. There is a deal in place. They're getting it done. It's going to happen which makes sense because he was a ball boy for the Falcons growing up. He is from Georgia, not that far from Atlanta. He's been a Falcons fan his whole life. He initially said at his draft day that he wanted to be drafted by the Falcons, obviously it wouldn't have made sense at the time. Cause it was Matt Ryan. I mean, right when he was speaking, so it wasn't going to happen, but basically he'd always sort of been that Falcons guy. So that was what was going to happen. They were confirmed talks, but at the ninth hour, and I mean, absolutely in the last second, the Cleveland Browns snuck in a deal that was way too much to pass up and Deshaun Watson accepted it and he's going to Cleveland and he's trying to get some wide receivers to go with him, get that team a little more juiced up. And then the Falcons are left with their foot in their mouth and then trade Matt Ryan to Indianapolis, which we kind of knew he was getting traded anyway. I was in fact, not shocked at all. It was the Colts. I've been calling the Colts for a while now. Um, So that trade did not surprise me whatsoever. But now the Falcons are down to Josh Rosen and Felipe Franks, uh, so very obviously they needed to get someone else. So they signed Marcus Mariota, formerly, of course, in the Titans and then on the Las Vegas Raiders. And may look in the next couple of drafts, if not this one, to perhaps get another young quarterback of the future. But that's kind of where we're at. And of course, I'm saying all of this and mentioning all of this without getting into all of the personal and off-the-field issues with Sean Watson because we know that can have a whole episode worth of content because that's obviously a massive mess that I'm very aware a lot of teams just, frankly, did not even want to get bothered with, which is very fair. But the Browns, despite blatantly putting out a thing of them saying, oh, no, we don't want to do that, uh, all of a sudden switch it up. So um, that was uh, a little bit of an interesting move there. Well, as far recommend. as –
0: as far as I can tell, just from what I've read, um, and a lot of this is reporting uh, from the Browns beat reporter on The Athletic, um, the Browns were actually told that they were not going to get Deshaun Watson, that he would not be going there. Yeah. Um, I think at that point, they sweetened the offer. Um, and what happened this year is that they basically, his cap hit, his salary is only a million dollars. Um, In case he gets suspended, so that's not um, against their cap this year. However, he's getting paid a massive, 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 massive guarantee and signing bonus. Um, And so this is obviously something that Cleveland talked to Deshaun Watson's lawyers uh, when they met. And they obviously feel comfortable making this deal. Um, and they don't really give themselves an in, out in, in, in the most aspect. They are really protecting him should he get suspended. Yeah. Which yeah. from an organizational standpoint, I, just, I don't know how you explain to your employees that yeah not only are we going to hand him this massive guarantee in spite of his uh in spite of what's going on with him legally right now uh, with the 22 women uh, who are accusing massage therapists who are accusing him of sexual assault i don't know how you go to your organization and say not only are we going to hand this guy a fat check we're going to protect him in his contract in the event that he should be suspended by the nfl for such actions, I don't mm-hmm. understand Point it at all. But from a football standpoint, holy hell, um, this could be a very scary roster uh, if Deshaun Watson is to play for them. Um, I think they instantly become the favorites. In the AFC North. And I think I know that's saying a lot because you've got the Bengals who just went to the Super Bowl. You've got the Ravens uh, who are going to be better than last year, going to be healthier than last year, um, in, in all you would assume. And then you've got the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky.
1: I don't think they're but, a threat to one division, but they're also. But it's still Mike Tomlin and it's still the Steelers. So exactly, they're going to win a lot of games that they exactly. They're
0: shouldn't. always a threat to go to that wild card spot. Uh, they're going to have a really good defense. The AFC over the last few weeks has become absolutely loaded. You're looking from the football standpoint, <laughs> Cleveland. The one thing they needed is a stud quarterback, <clears throat> and boy, did they get one! Should Hi, he Baker up on the field for them? <laughs> Goodbye, Baker uh, who I really hoped would land in Indianapolis, but this is a great segue for another AFC team that got an upgrade at quarterback. Um, Jack, would you like to say a few words, uh, to say goodbye to your buddy, Matt Ryan, who's, I know I have, I have the Jersey on so to speak
1: the Jersey on today. Um, First thing I wanted to say to Matt Ryan is that what matters over anything in football and anything in sports really is being the better man or woman off the field, off the court, off the whatever, is that you want to be the best person you can be off of that. And I think Matt Ryan has always, and will continue to be that person. And that was one of the biggest things about the whole Watson thing was knowing how much, and again, I'm aware that it's allegations. I'm not trying to get into the, whatever, the fact of the matter, but It is known without any doubt at all that Matt Ryan has been a wonderful person to the community, that he's always stood up for all sorts of people in Atlanta. He has donated a ton of money. He's built back things. He has been a true steward of where he lives and is, at least as a personal level, really is appreciated for that in Atlanta. And I get that there are a lot of people who hate him within sports context, and I still don't know why, and I still will forever say I don't know why until I'm, 70 years old. I'll never understand why one was anti Matt Ryan as much as they were in Atlanta. And, um, but he really is. He's always been that guy. And I just can't thank him enough because on a statistical level, and at least in my own opinion, I don't really see it being close as him being easily the best quarterback and probably the best player in Atlanta Falcons history. And I get there are people that can make an argument for others like Julio or a few others that have been legendary throughout their time in Atlanta. But, it's hard to pass up being an MVP winner and leading a team as close as you possibly can get within your own control with the Super Bowl. People blaming Matt Ryan for the Super Bowl loss don't know football. There's no other way to put that. You do not understand the game of football if you blame Matt Ryan for that, because basically it's the last time I can talk about that. I'm not going to dive into the game because I don't want to upset myself. But basically, if you have the greatest passer rating and the greatest statistical performance in the history of the Super Bowl as a loser in the game. You can't really blame the quarterback. And there are a lot of people to blame. You want to blame Shanahan. You want to blame Freeman. You want to blame the defense for choking the entire second half. You want to blame a lot of people there. There's a lot of people to blame and deserve that blame. But don't blame Matt Ryan. Don't blame that play. Just like people don't blame Julio for that game, which they shouldn't blame Julio for that game. Don't blame Matt Ryan for that game. And so I think that more than that defines him so much more as an athlete, as a person, as a father, as a husband, He is a guy that you want on your team. He is a guy that you want in your life. And I'm very blessed as a Falcons fan to have had him as my quarterback that long. And hopefully we can see a new era come soon. I'm aware that Marcus Mariota is obviously not a franchise guy to put up there, but he will be serviceable. And I think with Arthur Smith actually is a good move. I do like him there with Arthur Smith. If there's anyone that can make him serviceable, it's Arthur Smith. So I do think that is something, but clearly the Falcons are not going to be contending for a long while. So that's not really a concern, but I do hope that that's going to get um, something decent soon. Whoever the next quarterback
0: a, is, a reunion between yes. Arthur
1: Smith and Marcus Mariota
0: uh, when Marcus Mariota was benched uh, with the Tennessee Titans, and then the Titans went to the AFC Championship uh, after Mariota got benched because they were two and four. Um, again, but again,
1: I just it's it's. It's, it's a bridge better QB. than Felipe Franks. It's better than Josh Rosen. It's a bridge so, QB, that.
0: but the, honestly, the worst part of it is like there are some quarterbacks in the league that like I can say bad things about, and I just don't feel bad at all. Marcus Mariota, I I feel a little bit dirty saying he's anything good bad guy. about him. He's a good he's, man. just, by all accounts, a phenomenal. Phenomenal human being, um, and a good guy to have in that locker room,
1: I think. Which makes me happy because that's that's what it's about. And again, you obviously want guys that have a lot of talent, but I don't want a scumbag in the locker room if he's great. I mean, you don't want a guy like that playing for your team. So I'm I'm glad that the Falcons are at least putting that up, despite all the insanity that went on with Watson and a million other things. The Falcons notoriously bungle, but at least all that's behind us now, and we can move yeah, on. Yeah, but to for them. the
0: Colts, you know that. And I think what we're seeing right now in the NFL, bigger picture, because we have the Tyreek Hill trade today. We're not going to get to all of these things, uh, but yesterday we had the Tyreek Hill trade. I think that's a lose-lose trade for both sides. I won't get into why at the moment. You can that's check crazy. my Twitter. It's crazy. <laughs> it's a oh lose-lose God. trade. Um, either way, I think what you're seeing right now is a serious arms race in the AFC. Because... You look at the quarterback landscape in the AFC right now, and the NFC is a dark, desolate hole of quarterback nowhere. I mean, he's like the got, fifth
1: best quarterback in that and in, in the whole league, exactly. Like, like the, you know, Brady and Rodgers are going to be in the top, and then Brady, Rodgers, to after top five, after this year, Kyler, I mean, Kyler,
0: Stafford. And then it's a serious drop off after that. You've really got yes. four teams with good quarterbacks, but in the AFC, you think about the entire AFC West has at least a good starting quarterback, and then you go up from there. Like right, like Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that division now with Russell. Yeah, Lillard. and no one would say he's bad. Yeah and no one and no, after last year Derek Carr yeah, wow. led the league for like half the year and he was he was very good last year yeah, and then you his, have Ross- best player got arrested and is yeah we well, you know yeah, you know <laughs> either way um i mean you look at the AFC north Trubisky's not ba- not good but now you've got Deshaun Watson um you got Lamar Jackson you got Joe Burrow um that that's a really strong division you look at the AFC South uh if Trevor Lawrence takes a step which I don't know it's if a, that's gonna happen we'll it's see an it's, an if, it's Jacksonville if, but... um the AFC South is really the one if you just look the quarter look at the quarterbacks the Colts probably have the best one at this point but I'm not sure in practicality in practice uh that Matt Ryan is better at this point in his career. At this point in his career, I'm not sure how much
1: this better. He is. Not that
0: I'm not sure how much better he is than Ryan Tannehill. I think that's kind of.
1: Uh, I don't think that's that hot of a take, and I'm biased, but I, I don't think that's that at this point. At this point in the career,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like Ryan Tannehill in, yeah. is not MVP. Matt Ryan. No, no,
1: no, not at.
0: But at no. this point in Matt Ryan's career, he's a very comparable quarterback to Ryan Tannehill.
1: Which is a um, serviceable starting quarterback.
0: Except Matt Ryan can't run to save his life. He is a oh, yeah. statue now. He's but he has
1: an O line He's got an O1 now. He, which does he does have an O one. He did not allegedly, have
0: Allegedly, uh, because Carson Wentz got sacked a lot last year. Especially against sacked the more than Titans. Than,
1: <laughs> couldn't have been um, sacked more than what Ryan dealt with a year ago. So it's, it's improving by some degree.
0: And then you look at the AFC East, you got Mac Jones and Josh Allen. Um, it's a really good quarterback division. Uh, you've got a lot of talent there. Oh, I remember the fifth quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, it's decent. In in the NFC. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that's really what you're seeing right now is that the AFC teams are all trying to load up because they know how stacked that conference is. And you are not going to make the playoffs if you have a Carson Wentz at QB, In the AFC, whereas you've got a chance in the NFC. If you're Washington, I know everyone's ragging on them for the Carson Wentz move. But with all of these quarterbacks moving out of the NFC, I think it becomes easier to win within your conference. Um, And I think they can win that division and make the playoffs. It's just not a long term option or an option that's going to win you playoff games. Um, That being said. Let's move on to basketball. Jack. Take it away. We got our second chance bracket. We're giving it another shot because
1: the first one, we saw how that went. Now, before we start, I wanted to introduce, which if you're on the podcast before, uh, you've seen this individual. I know, no, you weren't on here. But uh, my good friend, Gabe Julian, he was all with us for some NFL episodes when you couldn't make it. We do the work stuff. So here's Gabe. Pleasure to have you with us again.
2: I'm going to be here. Thank you.
1: So we're going to roll through and we're going to talk about first because I have to get this off my chest, which I'm sure you want to as well, uh, Noah. But before we get into our bracket, just wanted to talk about um, there was a a violent, a violent crime that occurred uh, last week. And that violent crime was uh, was highway robbery. And it occurred in the Viejas Arena in San Diego, California, a few days ago. Um, And there were reportedly were um, about probably what like a, a sixth, a seventh of the stadium was uh, was victims to this robbery crime. Uh, not that many, but they were loud um, in their fall. But I'm, of course, referring to when TCU was robbed against Arizona uh, in the round of 32. And, yeah, it was pretty irritating. Uh, I am aware that you could simply have won in overtime and it wouldn't have been a problem, which is indeed true. But at the end of the day, It's still incredibly frustrating when the team plays that good of a game. And at the end of it, you have to make a call with the refs. You have to make a call. And if you aren't sure what I'm referring to, there was a play when the point guard, Mike Miles, was cutting around the top of, I guess, the top of the screen further on in the court, around midcourt. He got blitzed
0: off the screen.
1: Yeah, he got hit pretty hard, got double teamed up, and they were pushing him over near the midcourt line. And some physical altercation happened with them there, whether it was a flopper or push or whatever. There was contact. Something happened. And Mike lost control of the ball. It bounced back off into the other side of the court. Arizona picked it up and slammed it through in what would have been the game winner. But due to them being way too intellectually powerful, they were like, ah, yes, we should not win a regulation. We should take five more minutes to win. So they decided or were just too idiotic to not put the ball in too soon. And the buzzer went off when the ball was still in their hands. And hilariously, they did not win the game on that play. It went into overtime and Arizona ended up winning by five. So with that, I don't see how you don't make any call. If there's no flop, if there's no foul, if there's no backcourt, you have to call something. I don't understand how there's play on that for either side. I mean, because again, a flop or a backcourt would be against TCU, but you have to call something. I mean, I don't see how there's no call whatsoever on that play.
0: No, I agree. And I think when you talk about the referee, and yes, that one play was the most consequential to the game in the end, but I think there were a lot of consequential calls before that um, that were a little bit shady or a little bit questionable. Um, I mean, it was a ref show at the end is what it was because everyone's tired there's going to be some contact because these dudes can't move their legs like that anymore. And especially with the, uh, short rotation that TCU was playing, um, dudes were getting tired out there and there were a lot of slow legs, uh, and on Arizona too. I mean, just defending Eddie Lampkin and Mike miles is not an easy task. And Eddie Lampkin, uh, had probably his best game as a frog, I would say. Um, so far i mean he was electric uh he was outstanding on the glass yeah, a lot of months. offensive rebounds a lot of energy um i think at the end of the day the end of that game here we go ended up being a result of just a lot of ticky tack fouls that the ref was calling which is how both teams ended up in the double bonus like with 2 minutes left in the half
1: so, here's the play right here, if you see on the left yeah. side of the screen. I got it. So, again, I don't know how you don't call anything. I agree. Whether he, whether he pulls himself a little early, loses control of the ball. I just – I don't get how absolutely nothing is called there. Because if you blow the whistle right about here – the ball still hasn't touched the court yet, and it's not backcourt. So if you blow the whistle ahead of time, it is a foul, and then they go to the line. If you don't blow it, then he either flopped right there or because the ball is still in his possession, that's backcourt. Because, see, no Arizona player touched the ball yet. So I don't understand <laughs> how he falls down with the ball still there, and they don't call back backcourt violation or a foul before he fell. So that's what confuses me here is that it seems like even, again, against fuse favors. So I'm, I'm even advocating that if you're going to call anything, you at least have to call even if it's against them. But, yeah, look at this uh, genius right here. Um, but it's no, – Big brain. Colossal. Colossal brain um, right there.
0: Uh, and, and, you know, all of this would be irrelevant if Mike Miles doesn't get his ankles shattered by Benedict Matherin
1: for the <laughs> game-winning three. So that's also you know, true, or or it wouldn't have mattered if Eddie didn't miss. I mean, what six free throws? <laughs> I mean, I love you, Eddie. I yeah. love you. Trust me, I love Eddie to death. But like that, that that did hurt. But or I do if have you to did, say, just I did get like
0: um, two defensive rebounds in overtime,
1: I did actually make a tweet talking about the robbery of it, and Eddie and Ed liked my tweet, which I thought was very funny because it was just not neutral of him at all, which I appreciated that. Thank you, Eddie.
0: Eddie with the two short me or too small meme
1: for, for a guy that game. was like
0: seventh vibration <laughs> against christian coloco who's seven foot one.
1: Seven one, okay it's disgusting that was an all-time tcu basketball moment uh gabe did you have anything else to add about this i know <laughs> we're obviously quite biased in this uh clearly but yeah. i want to know if you had any addition uh, to the
2: take. certainly had a lot of exposure to it i did witness the moment with with Mr. Wallace here. Uh, he was oh, not, exactly. happy,
1: I was not uh, happy
2: for several hours following it. Uh, <laughs> it's not, not particularly. I, I
1: have yet to become happy though. Uh, yeah. From
2: that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's gotten less vocal. I would say that's, that's just, true. well, that's also not exactly entirely true. It was certainly <laughs> kind, very harsh. It's been a rough, it's been a rough sort of bracket for consistent, quality uh nfl officiating really hoping it turns around for the sweet 16 though
1: i mean we we don't even need to get started with baylor unc of course that was uh arguably a worse game um overall i mean that was horrendous but gotta get that one seed win gotta get the one seed getting the win i know uh, the ncaa loves it when their one seeds win a lot of games and the blue bloods win so doesn't shock me at all but for some shocking picks, we may have a few in our sleeve, or we might not. To be honest, I'm not sure what we're going to pick yet because we have not discussed it. But we are going to get into it right now with our final section of this episode, talking about all of the Sweet 16 teams, who we think is going to win, who we think may not get there, and who might be some surprises. So we're going to go into this right now, and I have it up on our tab. Um, so this is the second chance bracket, so we're going to be filling this out. Um, and seeing if we have anything different from our own. I know we went over it earlier, but we're just going to go through and see it. Of course, if there is a tiebreaker, Gable would be in here to help us out with that and give a solid opinion on what to do. So, we're going to start things off with the chalk side of the bracket, which is the West, which has one Gonzaga two against four Arkansas, and there's three-seeded Texas Tech against two-seeded Duke. Now, we ended up getting this somewhat accurate because I think we had Texas Tech and Gonzaga here. Um, and we did have Duke and Arkansas losing earlier, but, of course, they both prevailed, and we have your top seeds coming in. Uh, a little bit of information on these guys. Uh, Gonzaga, this is their 12th Sweet 16, their seventh straight, which is crazy. Um, last time they made the Elite Eight was last season, and then for Arkansas, this is their 13th Sweet 16, their second straight, and the last time they went to the Elite Eight was 1995. So the question is, do we think... It's gonna be dancing like the nineties for Arkansas Razorbacks tonight. This is our first game up at 709 Eastern. Or will Gonzaga continue to roll their way through? Hogs money line.
0: I Interesting. believe.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So you have so you have Arkansas winning this. They have four and one against top twenty-five. A I think Bus is just
0: such a good coach. Um I think the games are going to get a little bit tighter at this point. Uh, it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, and I, I honestly think that favors Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you can see, they had a lot of solid close wins in here, uh, beating Auburn by four, Kentucky by two, uh, sweeping LSU, and then barely losing to Alabama. So some tight games here. Um I still have Gonzaga going deep, and I'm going to keep with that as well. I think Gonzaga wins this game. I think they're still a solid team. I'm still not sold on them with the national title yet, um, But we'll see what we think of them later. But I don't know. I just, I really don't think they're going to blow this game to an Arkansas team that's pretty vulnerable. And we, I mean, at least I know I've seen them in person this year at, at March Madness, and I, they just looked a little more vulnerable I me. Mean, I get they're improving a little bit, but. I just, I think Zag is still the better team here. So Gabe, mm-hmm.
2: tiebreaker. Uh, I'll go quick with this one. I'm going to go Zags. Uh, not really. Arkansas has been played way too many close games against these top opponents, against their last two opponents with, the, with Vermont and with uh, New Mexico State. I don't think they've looked super dominant consistently against them. Gonzaga's been a little iffy as well, but I think just how they played against Memphis and how Timmy kind of took over, I think that they're, I'm, I trust them here. All right. I
1: respect it. I respect All right. So going with the, uh, going with the, <laughs> with, with the Zags and this one. So next up, we have Texas Tech against Duke. The question that's on everyone's mind is this Coach K's? final game because of course every game is now will this be coach k's final game and do we think that this one is going to be added to the list of what coach k will finish as do we think so yes and i'm gonna have to agree here i think texas tech is is gonna be really really strong in this game i like the raiders here i think they're very solid so i'm i'm going with them so we can yeah, roll Texas I, I,
0: I think they're going to be able to defend. I think it's also going to be another really low scoring game. Uh, and Texas Tech just has a bunch of old dudes that know how to play college basketball. Um, it's it's one of the classic matchups of like old experienced uh, guys with less NBA potential versus you know a team of freshman studs, one and dones
1: yeah, the youth to that team, I think it may hurt them here. We'll go across to the south. We have Arizona with their Mickey Mouse run against Houston, who uh, people sure do seem to uh, doubt a lot. I've seen a lot of people really doubting on Houston here. Um, but, again, I understand, given that being in the American conference is stuff, One zero 0-1 against top 25 I think is very important as well. But BPI is pretty dang good. They play really well in a lot of these games. So Arizona-Houston, I think this is going to be a lot tighter than a 1-5 seed normally play. Um, but this one's gonna be our very, very late night game tonight.
0: I'm going uh I'm going Arizona.
1: I think that they've still been good enough after yesterday? Yeah. Or last week. I, it's so
0: hard to defend both Matherin and Coloco.
1: Um and Chris is gonna be getting healthier and getting more back. Because he obviously wasn't really effective last game, but that was the first. Yeah,
0: game well, went. he was talking shit like he was the best player on the court, and he was the worst player on the court against yeah, him. That, that was, was a Big Twelve team at best.
1: That was that was a very interesting take by him too about like, oh, you're really gonna talk all that smack and then proceed to do nothing, or
0: he made <laughs> a one three, and everyone went nuts, and then he bricked three
1: straight threes. You remember that sequence? Yeah, that sequence made me want to die because it Offensive was like, rebound. oh, okay, I guess we just can't get a rebound. That's cool. <laughs> this is horrible. Um, it's like geez. Rondo in the playoffs. In um, this one, I, I'm i actually going to disagree. I think that Houston can get the job done here. I know that Arizona is a very tough team, but I think TCU exposed weaknesses in this team, and I think that Houston is stronger um, than what they can show. I've, I've been a guy that's been really high on Houston recently anyway. Um, so I think that might win this game, and this is not just a pick against Arizona. It really is not. Uh, Arizona was a team that I thought go all the way, but I think that Houston can exploit that because, frankly, I did not think that Arizona would struggle against D.C. as much as they did. Tiebreaker!
2: Tiebreaker! I mean, uh, oh god, this is so. This was one I was. Um, this is so fifty fifty because Houston has so much more momentum, uh, but Arizona, Arizona, definitely coming off one of their. Definitely a weaker performance, especially they definitely had a lot of exposed. But I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with the one seed <clears throat> again. I think Kerr has a bounce back game in this. I think that they play a little better. I think Houston. I was never really that hot on Illinois. I thought they were a little bit over, so I thought that they haven't really been tested, and I think that sort of inexperience playing against consistently good teams will show up. And we'll work against them,
1: all right. And we can now uh move on to Michigan Villanova, of course, our second and last game in the south bracket. Michigan coming off a pretty weak uh regular season, but has played very, very strong so far in the tournament. Uh, sadly, for your sake, Noah, knocking off Tennessee, they're now making their way into the street 16 against the Wildcats. So I'm gonna have to go with Villanova here. I think that they've been playing too good right now to lose this game, and I just I never really believed in Michigan from the start, and they can prove me wrong, but I still think Villanova's better.
0: I think Michigan. I I think Villanova is going to be able to exploit Michigan on the perimeter a little bit more than Tennessee was because Tennessee just wasn't making shots in the second half. playing it simple. Um, I I think they're gonna really pick on uh, Hunter Dickinson and make him get into screen and roll situations. And they have the shooters that can create off the dribble um, to be able to exploit that and drop coverage situations um, and really be able to isolate Dickinson on defense. Uh, they, I can definitely see them having trouble uh, with Dickinson on offense, but uh, I think they're a good
1: enough team that they're gonna
0: be able to put a damper on him.
1: Now we can go to North Carolina, UCLA. We actually nailed this um, in our bracket. We had this exact matchup in the Sweet 16, so we picked UCLA last time. Are we still going with them? Because frankly, I'm not. I still think I think North Carolina can win this game.
0: I'm. I gotta go with UCLA. Um, North Carolina almost blew it against Baylor. Um, I realize that the tournament is just weird, and I really think this is a 50-50 game. Uh, but I think UCLA just has those dudes. Uh, and they're really, really hungry to get back to the Final Four this year. So I'm picking the Bruins.
1: Think
2: I'm thinking gonna, I'm going to go with UNC on this one. I think they played a solid game against Baylor throughout a lot of that like adversity. With it, they looked easily the best they've looked the entire year. UCLA had a bit of trouble against Akron. Uh, I think they kind of picked it up in their uh, second round matchup. It looked well, it definitely looked good against St. Mary's, but once again, start out slow. They really can't start out slow against this UNC. If UNC can consi- like keep playing at and uh, Baycott can keep playing at that level that they can, I think they could go all the way to the final.
1: And next up, we have Purdue against St. Peter's, our favorite team in our hearts. Um, St. Peter's, the Peacocks, they just are a a wonderful team that everyone should love. Um, But they are obviously coming into this game at the disadvantage of being a 15 seed. Every single team that they faced off that was even remotely close to the tournament, they lost to. And um, it's actually kind of insane that this team is doing what they're doing. But no 15 seed has ever made the Elite Eight in the history of basketball. Can St. Peter's do it, or will they join the other three that have gotten this far and not quite get there?
0: No, they're not going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize <laughs> to the Peacocks. Um, Purdue really has the size um, to be able to bother them. Uh, yeah. with Ed on the Ed in the middle. Um, i oh, nothing. they absolutely. Deserve to win against Murray State, but I think this might be might be a Matt Payne trip to the Elite Eight here. Yeah, Uh, but let's uh, let's run through these others and
1: try to get here. Kansas, Providence. Providence. We got still like Kansas. I'm still with Kansas too. Providence has not really convinced me too strong so far, and I get and yes, I will shut up if they win this game, and I'll believe in them. It was San Diego
0: State and Richmond
1: yeah like, that, it, that's, that's not Kansas <laughs> that's why uh, and next up we have uh, or wait South Dakota State South Dakota State Richmond South Dakota um, State not San Diego yeah. and and next up and last for our Sweet 16 round we have Iowa State against Miami which okay uh <laughs> safe uh, to say nobody really saw this coming but uh one of these
0: teams here. is going to the Sweet 16 and that's eight thing to me um they're both man. <laughs> I love that point guard on Iowa State. What's his name? Hunter. He's so good. But the Canes have an average age in their starting lineup of 23 years old. Um, and I think experience wins when you get laid in the tournament. I think that's what we're going to see here.
1: Um, for me. I I might go with Iowa State simply with just how good the Big 12 has played. I think the Big 12 has been good enough. And I get the ACC had a better tournament than we would have expected, but I'm just liking a little bit of Big 12 in this game. I think that they've been playing just as good. And I get the Miami beating Auburn was big time, but I thought Wisconsin really had it together too, and they got very much exposed as well. So,
2: All right. I think I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with uh, the – Miami I'm going to go with Miami on this one. Uh like a hurricane over a cyclone better name overall. Uh but I think it's fair Miami, way to pick this. Miami's Miami's having a good kind of sort of comeback especially with uh Laranega. and I mean a lot counted out by a lot and really just coaching this Miami team way further than anybody thought they could take it. It is a very interesting matchup. I don't uh Definitely not one anybody was expecting. They both played very well against top teams. But I just like how Miami looked against Auburn. They never really gave it up at any point. They consistently looked like they were on top, like they were in control the entire time.
1: So then we have Gonzaga, Texas Tech. We'll go back up here to the West. And Noah and I uh, both predicted this game. We both predicted Texas Tech to win originally. So do you still think that the Red Raiders are going to win this?
0: I do. I've been really impressed with them. I think they're the best defensive team left in the tournament.
1: I I agree with that. I think they'll win this game. I think this is where I I don't think Gonzaga's losing that early, but I think they'll lose a lead eight. Uh, The North Carolina Purdue. Did the Tar Heels get back or does finally Purdue make a Final Four? I know it's been forever since Purdue's been a Final Four, but (laughs) did they finally get a ton?
0: Hmm. I'm going to go with NC here.
1: Interesting. I think I think if they beat UCLA, they'll be hot enough to win this game too. Yeah. I have yeah. them. That's
0: what I'm um, making.
1: Then Arizona Villanova.
0: That's a tough one. I gotta go with Villanova. They're playing really well. They're shooting the lights out. We saw again we saw with TCU that if you've got guys that can just shoot the lights out from three like Chuck O'Bannon did, uh, and Mike Miles that you can have a lot of success.
1: And I think Villanova is such a well-coached, disciplined team. I think they get the job done. I may go with Arizona here. Partly to disagree, partly because I think if they do get past Houston, I trust them enough to win this game.
2: I think I'm going to go with Nova on this one. Uh, Jay Wright, he just knows how to win these kinds of games. Consistently, when they get this far out, like they have the discipline, and especially like with, with with a guy like Gillespie, they have that kind of discipline. He he can work that offense so well, get open shots, and I think, yeah, just I don't I don't know this Arizona team is weird. It feels like they're just gonna falter. All right, All right. So
1: we have a lot of teams that have been to the Final Four very recently, but these two, it's been kind of a minute. Kansas, Miami, one seed versus the ten seed. I, I have to say, Kansas. I, there's no way that Miami's going to win this game. I, I don't trust by Miami to hit lightning yeah, that wow. many times.
0: Kansas, That's a knows.
1: lot of times for lightning to strike. Yep. Let's go. And finally, Final Four: Texas Tech, North Carolina in New Orleans.
0: North Carolina.
1: Ooh. I'm still going to stick with Tech. I think that defense is good enough to slow them down. Tiebreaker,
2: you got. I'm gonna go with Tuck. I think that, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna flip
0: is... my pick. It's okay. unanimous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we all agree.
0: <laughs> um, uh, Villanova, Villanova Kansas. Kansas, Nova. I can't have an All Big Twelve championship. I can't do that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's a I think if they fair. get this. I think if they get this far, they'll win too. Because yeah. Kansas. The Kansas choke is always inevitable, and it's got to happen at some point. But mm-hmm. I think that they're too good to choke to Providence or Miami, and they're not good enough to not choke to Nova. So
2: yeah, kind of a Texas tex-
1: <laughs> Texas Tech Villanova, an interesting championship Ooh. that I feel like we just kept missing because <laughs> Nova's either Nova's been in it or Texas Tech's been in it in the last few years. So it's. Hmm. Remember, nope. Texas Tech still has a first year head coach, too. So that's why I'm going to go Villanova.
0: Uh, I okay. was about to say, Jay Wright, national championship, just knows <sighs> how to win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, prediction, just I'll put Greg
0: 69 on the to bush. 69. No one wins. Well, someone,
1: has to, no. Someone, has, someone has to win. <laughs> no, you know. If they play, okay. to 69. I'm leaving it at this. Submit your picks. We have Villanova as the national champion. We'll see if it pays off. That's what we got today.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in to the Blanky Coverage podcast. Uh, Please go check out all of Jack's work. You can find him on Twitter at Jack Wallace TV. Our Twitter handles are down below. Throw us a follow. uh, Interact with us. I don't know. Um, whatever you like to do on social media, we like to do that too. So, like, let's let's get some banter going. Uh, but for now, uh, once again, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next
1: week. I'm Noah Parker. I'm Jack Wallace. I'm Gabe. and that's Gabe Julian. <laughs> <And> that's Gabe. <laughs> Peace out, Joe. <laughs> out, Joe.